It's good. It sucked. It's meh. Everyone has an opinion, but only I have the balls to tell you the truth as I see it. You want to know how good a movie really is? Well, sit back, kick your feet up, because you're about to witness a common man's review. Let's get this mother started out right as another past and present movie review episode begins now. Avatar The Way of Water. It should have been called Avatar The Way of the Belt. <laughs> What's up? It's your boy Enigma back with another past and present review episode. And I want to talk about the new Avatar movie. I finally took a moment to sit down and watch this three hour long movie. I was actually sick that day, so I figured since I'm stuck in the bed, I might as well go ahead and check it out because I really had no anticipation of watching this movie and the reason is because I really wasn't a fan of the first movie so let's kind of talk about that when the first movie dropped the thing that I did love about the film was the 3d I went to the theater twice to see the first one and it was just so magnificent you got to understand back then before <laughs> we were talking about 3d movies the only thing i really recalled was back in the 80s with the jaws movies and you had the little red and blue glasses so that's what i thought 3d was so i didn't know anything else about it until the first avatar came back now i know what you're saying you went to the show to see it twice why would you see it if you didn't like it well again I hadn't seen 3D like that before, so it was just so beautiful. The atmosphere was beautiful. The whole way they did 3D, it was just crazy. I'm actually surprised it didn't really catch on because I know they started making 3D TVs, but it didn't pick up for whatever reason. But the first one, the scenery, it was just beautiful. I loved, loved, loved that. And then it got released for home. <laughs> This is when I started to know the flaw of the movie, and make no mistake, it wasn't a bad movie, so maybe saying I didn't like it is a little harsh, but it just wasn't as good as in the theater, because you're so wild with the whole 3D element of it, when I finally paid attention to the storyline, it was like, eh, you know, it was just kind of average, like, this is a movie that can come on the first Avatar, and I probably wouldn't watch it, I mean, it just really didn't stick with me i mean it was okay nice action um nice graphics on a screen but it doesn't really capture your attention like the 3d did so maybe that was just me i mean there may be some people who liked the storyline thought it was one of the greatest movies of all time i guess spielberg did because they want to make like five of these <laughs> or whatever and then 14 years later was this really needed? I mean, this is something that probably should have came out like 13 years ago or 12 years ago. I'm talking about 14 years. And I was really wondering, was this needed at this time? So I do have a couple thoughts on it. Um, and then once again, <laughs> we're coming back to the same premise as Earth is looking to steal natural resources. Um, this time it's the whale creatures. I don't even know what they're called. So there's a lot of names and stuff I didn't really catch on this. I probably have to sit there and watch it again. As I said, I was a little sick, so I really didn't grab too many names. I wrote some down, but you know, I didn't rush out to see this because like I said, I wasn't a fan. And then when they were talking about it, it was going to be three hours long. I was like, eh. 
you know, I didn't want to sit there for three hours in a theater because I knew it was going to be magnificent in 3D again. I just didn't want to sit in the theater for three hours. But when you're bedridden and you have nothing else to do, bring on the three-hour movie. Okay, so a quick recap. In this movie, we reunite with Jake, Sully, and the Terry as they now have a family of three. Well, three of theirs and one adopted. Sigourney Weaver's child. Somehow she had a child even though she died, which was strange enough. Didn't ask any questions. Life is good until the Earth people return. With them is Colonel Miles Corich, who had his memories and essence saved into a file just in case he was killed in action, which... I have an issue with that, but I'll talk about that here in a moment. His mind and spirit, along with a few others, were entered into a recom Navi, which I guess is like a Avatar hybrid. It's fully sentient human Navi hybrid or some way that they explained it. And his sole purpose was to kill Jake Sully. So this is what he was brought back for. After having an earlier run-in where Jake and Atiri found out that he's alive, Jake makes the decision to leave his people in order to protect them and take his family to another Navi settlement. This time, it's a clan that lives off the water. So I definitely have complaints about that, but I will get to that again in a moment. Jake and Atiri's kids struggle to fit in with the new water Navi. You know, with the surroundings, eventually they're able to hold their own with the new tribe. Once Quaritch is able to track down Jake and capture his kid. He forces Jake and the new, his new clan to fight back in a massive battle towards the end of the movie. Jake gets the better of Korich, but loses one of his sons in the process. He accepts Korich's son as one of his own after the battle, saying a son for a son, and visits his deceased son while within the spirit tree and decides he's no longer running from the sky people and is willing to fight. Now, there were a bunch of other storylines there, but that was pretty much the main arc. And I should point out that most of the story runtime is used from the kid's point of view. The youngest daughter is the one that gets the least screen time. I don't remember any of their names, so from here on out, we'll talk about the daughter, who is the adopted one, and the older son and the younger son. All right, so let's get into the things that I liked. The atmosphere was spectacular. I could just imagine what this looked like in 3D. It was colorful, it was vibrant, the characters looked real, the cinematography really put you into Pandora. That was always the strength of this film, even in the first one, because it's just, it just looks so real. You know, the Navi, and they just, they really look like these are real people. They really put a lot of that big budget into the CGI. And maybe there were places that weren't as you know, fresh as they should be, but for the most part, I enjoyed what they put on the screen as far as the graphics, the characters, it was just remarkable. One other thing I liked is the kids weren't just fillers, they actually drove the story. You know, you get a lot of these movies to where they'll put the kids in the background and most of the time the kids are the ones just getting captured and the adults have to save them, which happened a couple times in this movie too, make no mistake. But the way that you look at it, you're watching the kids adjust. You know, seeing adults adjust is one thing, but seeing kids adjust is what made the movie more interesting because, as we all know, kids are not the most forgiving people. The kids can be terrible. Just imagine going back to middle school or high school or even elementary. There were kids who had their friends and they weren't the most accepting people in the world and you really had to 
fall in line with their beliefs or their culture in order to sit in. So, you know, it's one of those things that I liked about this story that it didn't just focus on Jake, you know, doing his thing when they got to the village. Once they got to the village, it really was just the kids that you really were paying attention to because uh, Jake and Terry, they were just kind of in the background. So I did enjoy that part. Um, Corridge returns and his recom living at the end. I like that. I liked it because he's a great villain. He was a great villain in the first one. He was interesting and he was interesting in this one too. Now there is a problem I do have with it, but I'll start talking about that when I get to the things that I didn't like, but ever so often you have a great villain and I hate how movies like to kill their villains. At least superhero movies used to do this a lot. They'll either kill their villains, send them to jail. Send them to jail is one thing because they can always return. But when they kill a villain, he can't return. Killmonger, for example, in Black Panther. You killed Killmonger, and he was such a great villain. And yeah, he, you know, you can see him when you go into the whole Black Panther mystical world or whatever but it's not the same you know killmonger would have made a great villain to carry on throughout the uh, marvel universe but they decided he was just a one-time usage and they killed him off that's what i thought they did here but they were able to bring him back and so that was always a good thing the final battle scene okay now it's time to put the kids on the side and let the adults handle business, especially Natiri. Oh my God. After the death of her oldest son, she went on such a rampage showing what it's like to be the Wu-Tang Clan because she's not to be effed with. I mean, oh my God. All this with a bow and arrow too. You have to realize... She didn't have the gun. Like, Jake was using the gun for the most part. He did some hand-to-hand -hand combat, too. But Natiri went off. Oh, my goodness. That part right there, I said, man, I wish I would have went to the theaters just to see that one section of the movie. Because she went ham. And I'm talking about shooting arrows. I mean, with pinpoint accuracy. Jumping around, flipping. I mean, she's... It's kind of hard to explain. She's in midair, flipping, shooting the arrow, pinpoint accuracy. That was awesome. That scene right there reminded me of the Batman scene in Batman versus Superman, where Batman is fighting in the warehouse. You know the scene I'm talking about. That was the scene I would sit through the entire movie. I went to the theater three times to see Batman versus Superman just to see that scene again because it was so great and this is a scene that i would love to see again and i can't wait to actually sit down there and watch that one section um another thing i liked was courage and his son spider and their complicated relationship listen courage is a jerk and he had this child again I don't remember any of this from the first one. I know they had a comic book that kind of led up to this, but I didn't read the comic book. So he had a son on Earth or on Pandora. And when the people were booted off, they can't put him in a certain stasis. So he had to stay there and he ends up becoming friends with uh, the Sully family. And... You know, I like their connection because initially he hates his father. I really think he does hate his father throughout the entire time. And according to what I read, the time where he captured Spider and I guess they were staying together, kind of 
trying to find Jake and whatever. I think it took months. So he was with his father months. It didn't show months in the actual movie, but it, I think it took months for him and his father to bond. And I really didn't understand why he was helping at first. He really wasn't. He was kind of like half-ass helping. <laughs> but I think at the end of the movie, when the Terry actually caught Spider and uh, Quaritch has one of her kids, she threatens to kill Spider. And she's about to stab Spider. But Quaritch says stop. You know, because Quaritch at first, he was like, I don't care about that kid, blah, blah, blah. But Terry knew. And right when she's about to stab Spider, he says, stop, no, let him go. So really, Quaritch saved his life right there because I'm telling you, if you would have seen the Terry in this particular scene, this is after her son died. Yeah, she was on full ham mode. So she definitely would have killed that kid. She didn't ever really like him in the first place. Jake accepted him. Her kids liked him, but she never really did. She always thought Spider needed to be with his own people. So, you know, she would have killed him just to get her child. And it was just one of those things that, you know, he saved Spider's life, Courage. And so when Courage was dying, Spider actually returned the favor and saved his life at the end, which I found was good. You know, it was one of those things that I'm thinking to myself, you hated this man all this time. But then all of a sudden you deal with what you just dealt with where he saved your life and you felt you had to save his life. You owed him. Now, he didn't stay with his father. He still left and went with Jake Sully. So I wonder how that's going to work out in the future. Um, His father wanted him to come with him, but he refused to. He decided I'm going back to Jake and their family and Jake accepted him. Like I said, the son for a son. So. I enjoyed that part of it. I thought that was really nice how they put that in there. Even though I don't know how all these kids came about, you know, it still was a nice thing to kind of put in there to give Quaritch some sort of relatability. And then um, the adopted daughter and her strange connection with uh, Iwa is intriguing. And she assists to save lives at the end of it. She lit up these little creatures to guide everybody out who was stuck underwater Um, It's just something how fascinating to see how Sigourney Weaver's character gave birth to a child with a strong connection like that. I don't really know how this happened. Again, I think it was in the comic books and they talked about it briefly at the beginning. I probably wasn't paying attention again. I was sick, so forgive me. But I just think that the way that these kids came about Sigourney Weaver's child and Quaritch's child, it just came out of nowhere. Now the other ones, obviously we know what happened with them, but I don't know. It was just kind of odd, but I, I did like Sigourney's Weaver's character's daughter. I think she has some sort of special connection and that may come in future movies to where she's either leading her own movie or she's going to do something very special. So as you can see, there was a lot of things I liked about the movie. Now, there's certain things that I didn't like about the movie, and I want to address that right now. Okay, so at the beginning of this podcast, I said this movie should have been called Avatar The Way of the Belt. And the reason I say that is because everything that went wrong in this movie is because Jake and Atiri had some hard-head-ass kids. They wouldn't listen. They kept getting into situations that had them captured, almost, and then finally captured, These kids just were pain in the ass. I mean, all the things that happened in this movie happened because the kids at the beginning, they found out about Quaritch, but the kids weren't supposed to be in that area. 
you know, one of them says that dad says we should never go there. They went there, almost got captured. Spider did get captured, but the other ones almost got captured too. At the beginning, they were supposed to be doing this attack as well. His son was told to just be a spotter. He decides to go on the ground and start collecting weapons too, almost gets killed. And even, you know, when they went to the Waterland, they weren't supposed to be traveling out to this remote area. Now, I know the first time the uh, youngest son was duped by the uh, water Navi groups that were kind of playing a joke on him. So I get that. But then when they he wanted to go warn his little whale creature that he felt a connection with, um, that people were coming for him. And he leaves out there, takes his sisters with him, which was stupid. His brother follows. It's like, bruh, why would y'all just listen? Listen to your parents. This is why y'all keep getting captured and almost killed. Older son did get killed eventually. All because they won't listen. Those are some bad kids. It should have been the way of the belt. That would have solved this entire thing. They would have never have been found. Um, another thing I didn't like, and here's a shocker. Quaritch returns. Now, I said I didn't like him. <laughs> I, well, I said I liked him coming back, but I also didn't like him because there's really no risk involved in the movie anymore. If his essence is on a computer chip and they can just pop it into a Navi, who cares? They could have killed this one and this one. They just make another one. There is no threat level anymore. Like, he can't die. So the way they brought him back, I didn't like. I thought it was stupid. I like that he did come back because he shouldn't have been killed in the first place because I wanted this bad villain. He's a good villain, but still, to bring him back the way they did means this man can never die. And I'm glad they didn't kill off this iteration for this movie because he would have lost all that connection with his son. He'd have to start back over to square one. And so... It's best that they did it that way, but other than that, it's like, okay, he won't die. So, what's the point? You know, he can keep coming. Yeah, he can kill, you know, Jake can kill him and dies. They'll just make another one and send him out again. Just dumb. I just really didn't understand that. Um, and again, another thing that I didn't like, even though I liked the dynamic between Spider and Quaritch, Spider being there, period. I mean, like I said, this was discussed in the comic books, but it's like, how and why is he still here? And who was his mother? You know, you can't assume that we all read the comic books to understand this. And I'm sure they mentioned it because at the beginning, they gave you a lot of information, like real quick to really introduce all of these characters. But I think we needed a little more time on certain things like Sigourney Weaver's daughter. I want to know a little more on how this girl was born. I want to know a little more about how Spider was born. And they just kind of glossed over it real quick with a kind of like a flashback almost or on the last episode, which they didn't show that these kids weren't on there. But you get what I'm saying. There was just a lot of that going around and just him being there without knowing. And like I said, from what I remember reading about the comic books, all of this was explained in more detail. So... I didn't care for that. I don't want to have to have read the comic books to really catch on or get a better understanding. I thought they should have did a little more with that, but it is what it is. Now, one of the major things that I hated was Jake's plan was stupid. So here's the thing. You're going to leave your people 
and essentially bring your war to other people whose lives would have been fine if he didn't show up. This literally is Jake's plan. He leaves his people once he finds out that Quaritch is still alive because he doesn't want them to hunt him and his people. So you bring the, the war to people who have nothing to do with the war. That was stupid on Jake's part. I don't understand his whole reasoning there. Now, let's just say Quaritch did look through your people. He's still going to battle your people on your behalf, even if they can't find you. He's still going to probably wipe them out to draw you out. And not only that, but now you're bringing all this bloodshed to people who were living in peace, had no issues with the sky people, and you're bringing your trouble there. I thought that was really the dumbest part of the movie because Jake should have been smarter than that. He, If he wanted to leave his people, which I still think is stupid, he should have basically started his own little base camp or something like that off the grid. There is no reason to join another tribe and now you're getting bloodshed brought to them because you're trying to hide out. You knew it was going to happen either way. Um, again, it, I don't know. That, that just didn't make sense to me. And while I enjoyed the kids being the main character, their section runs way too long. So again, this is a three-hour movie. And you're really getting introduced to these kids. But I thought that probably could have been cut down. You could have easily cut down maybe 15, 20 minutes, even a half hour of that section in order to move this movie along. I just thought that it was just a bit much certain things. And I guess they wanted to really explain it. I mean, this isn't the Snyder cut. Okay. We needed the Joss Whedon cut. We didn't need the Snyder cut with this. So I think they should have chopped that off at least 30 minutes because this movie runs way too long. And I thought that section specifically with the kids and them adapting to their surroundings, that should have been, chopped down by at least a half hour all right so so far in these movies and i'm not sure what they 100 did in the comic books the sky people attacked the land just to take over the land because they wanted that resource the sky people now attack the whales <laughs> once again looking to strip pandora of their resources and i mean what's the next movie going to be are they going to attack the air next I mean, come on. This is like a Captain Planet movie. These people are just killing the resources. I'm like, there has to be some other planet <laughs> that Earth can go to that's uninhabited that they don't really need to deal with all this because they can't even breathe the people's air there. So it's not like it's, um, you know, the oxygen is only an oxygen planet. You can't even breathe the air there. There has to be another planet. Why do y'all keep coming back? And they're all evil, and most of them are white. So, <laughs> I just like, if I'm white people, I'm like, why are we always the bad guy? You know, just, I don't know. I just thought that was just kind of very redundant, but that's just my opinion. They just have to find a way to find a better planet to take over, because obviously, you're not winning this one. And then finally, Jake didn't kill Quaritch. So it looked like he did at the end, and I know I said I wanted the courts to live, and I did, but why would Jake leave him alive? That part I did not understand. This is a man who has terrorized your family, who said he would keep coming, and Jake should have made sure he's dead. Jake doesn't know how he came back, so maybe Jake think that this is it, but I don't know. I just thought that was just 
sloppy by Jake for a person who is a trained killer. He left him for dead. We all thought he was dead, but then we find out that he's not dead and Spider saves him. I don't know. If I'm Jake and this maniac is coming after me and my family, I think I probably would want to make sure that this dude is dead. Snap his neck or something just to make sure he doesn't come back or doesn't get back up. But Jake didn't. Now he's going to have to deal with it. He'll probably die. Or him or Nateri. If they take out Nateri, oh, man, I'm rioting. I'm sorry because she had the best scenes in the movie. So you take her out, I'm rioting. So overall, it was a fun and entertaining movie. You have way too many characters to keep up with now, but since there's going to be a lot more of these, I guess that's okay. As far as how I enjoyed it, like I said, it was entertaining. It was fun. A lot of information was left out, and I already talked about all the things that I didn't like about it. But it didn't kill the overall process of the movie because it was still a decent watching movie. Now, when they release the next one, will I go see it in the theater? I might not 100% sure. Um, it's not going to get an awesome rating. It's probably between meh and awesome. So I need to come up with a rating that's between that. Because it wasn't meh because it kept my attention. But it also wasn't awesome because it had just too many issues with it. But anyways, that is my review. So what are your thoughts? Did you like the second Avatar movie? As always, leave your thoughts in the comments below. And if you want to check out any of my creative work, hit me up at www.enigmakid.com. That's www.enigmakid.com. It's your boy Enigma signing off. Deuces. Deuces.